Good evening, Lake Church. How's everybody doing tonight? Are you excited to be in God's house? Hallelujah. Well, praise God. We got some announcements, some things to talk about real quickly. I want to mention Wonder Woman Conference kicks off tomorrow. Hallelujah. Uh, it's not too late to sign up. If you need to come, uh, you could come at the door and sign up. Bring somebody out. Let them know how good God is and, and what a great time it's going to be. That's March 24th through the 26th. Uh, and it's going to be a powerful time. Amen. Uh, also want to just say a, a welcome to the online audience. Let's give them a hand real quickly. Also, we have uh, LC Missions. If anybody is interested in uh, being involved in that, we have a short application out in the front. Uh, if you want to so fill that out, you can talk to Bob when you're done, and, and he can get you uh, set up on that if you're interested in that. Also, we got Burgers to Go uh, this Sunday. Uh, all proceeds go to Area 51. And uh, all of you know, every time we have that, it's awesome, and it's an exciting time, so a good time to fellowship. Um, also, remember uh, April 2nd, uh, or, or April, April 3rd, actually, kicks off Food Truck Sunday, and we're going to start doing this once a month, and so uh, on that day, there'll be, uh, this time will be Twisted Lime, Street Tacos, and Mexi Dogs will be here. And that will be for both services. So, a um, lot of things going on. It's going to be an exciting time, busy time of year, nicer weather. So, it's going to be a great time. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> All right. We're going to go ahead and uh, talk about offering. How many of you are ready to give? That's right. Hallelujah. One of you, right? Praise God. Well, uh, you have uh, envelopes in the seat backs in front of you. Also, you've got your text to give. And there should be something on the back of the seat there uh, that will prompt you on that. Or you can go online at lake-church.com, and you can click the giving tab and give that way. Um, also, uh, we're raising money for uh, a van for the D Dominican Republic. And so uh, if you have uh, funds that you want to designate towards that, you just mark it on your envelope or, or your giving, and uh, that will go to that. And other than that, we're just going to let Pastor just kick this thing off with Secret World. Secret Hallelujah. Place. Yeah, all right. Thank you. Good evening, Lake Church. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. God's got good things in store for us tonight. Amen. So we're going to turn to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I think that uh, we need to come to church together corporately uh, with a sense of desperation and desire to see God move and manifest in our lives. And I need God to move and manifest in my life. Um, how about you? And uh, so we've been talking about the secret place. And basically what the whole point of the secret place and the point of this teaching is to um, get you to develop an, an, an ap appetite 
to go into the deeper places in God. And it doesn't matter how long you've been with the Lord, how long you've walked with the Lord, there's always a deeper place. There's always a place of his presence that will always be territory that will always invite you in. The Lord wants, um, the Lord's in a continual process of wanting all of you. And he just, he, he's, he's uh, if I could use the word greedy, but, uh, you know, we know he's not greedy, but you understand what I'm saying. His, he's desirous that all of you is his. And, um, you know, we can say that, you know, I'm all yours and stuff like that, but, you know, we all have pieces of our life that we don't necessarily yield up. That he not necessarily is Lord over, you know. I mean, and uh, it's a process because we all, we live in a physical world. We live in a physical body that's fallen. Uh, We have a carnal mind that we constantly have to renew, constantly have to uh, put in a position to submit it to godly knowledge and wisdom. And so we're endeavoring to operate from a place that we are positionally and make it a reality. Because when we study Psalm 91, he's telling us that we abide in the secret place of the Most High. And that's where we're at. But then he goes on and he says, and you shall tread on serpents and scorpions. So he's talking about being in a place, but then also being mobile as well. So what this, what this psalm teaches us is that we are to walk in our physical world from the position of the secret place. And there is a lot that goes into that. I mean, this is not just something that, you know, we just get one time. This is something that we have to, to build on, on our, in our daily life. And so the goal is to try to get scripturally what the secret place is and, uh, and basically create the interior of it with the Word. Let the Word paint the picture of what the secret place is and then learn to stay there and operate from that place of power because that's the place of power. Your place of power is in a humble, submitted state before God. It is in an utter dependency. Now, this is not popular in our nation. This is not popular in culture. But you're going to have to be weak in order to be made strong. And that God uses the broken and the contrite... When it comes to the things he wants to do. And there's just not enough brokenness in the church today. And when I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to me. There's just not a whole lot of brokenness. Some of you might say, well, I've been going through circumstances that I feel I'm being broken. Well, no, that situation is exposing your stiff nakedness. Hello? It's exposing your hard head. 
See, you have to break yourself against the rock of Christ. It says either you break yourself against him or you're going to be rolled over by him. And I would rather choose to break myself against Christ than to be rolled over. Amen? And I've been rolled over before. Amen? But it's good that we just come into this place right now. The Bible says that we enter into his presence, which is the place of the secret place, his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So let's stand and let's do that. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to manifest. I, I really want to encourage you that when we come together on Wednesday night, we don't have an agenda. Oh, I've got a teaching that I might bring forth, but we need to come desirous to see God move. I need God. I need him. I need him to move in my life. I need him to, to, to do some tremendous things. I need his strength. I need his wisdom. Praise God. Let's just lift our hands. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise and thank you so much. You're so good to us. And we worship you and magnify you and exalt you, Lord, for you are good and you do good. I'm so grateful for what you've done in my life. I'm so grateful for salvation. I'm so grateful to be filled with your spirit. I'm so grateful to be prosperous and blessed. I'm so blessed to be healed and made whole through the sacrifice of Jesus. I'm so grateful, Lord. Thank you that you are a good God and that you love us with an everlasting and unchangeable love. We exalt you, Lord, and we desire your manifested presence among us. We desire for you to move in our midst. We desire for you to come and make your way here and do what you desire. Lord, we look to you. I said, Lord, we look to you. I said, Lord, we look to you. We look to you. Overflow our hearts, Father. Fill us with your presence and your power. Help us to realize what we have in you. Help us to see where you have put us positionally. Give us the reality and the eyes to know and to perceive and to understand. Oh, we love and appreciate you. And we exalt you, Lord. And we praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. We praise your holy name, Lord. We praise your holy name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. In his presence is fullness of joy. In his right hand is pleasures evermore. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's here. You want to know why he's here? Because his word says he's here. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. He sits down in the chair and the habitation that we're making for him with our praise. And he's going to execute his will in our bodies, in our lives, in our families. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's, uh, let's be quiet and allow the Lord to speak if he so desires. Amen. Hallelujah. to work up and stir me up. But I tell you this day, the secrets that you're learning here allows me to come into your hardship, to come into your bedroom, to come into your frustration, to come into the broken and the pain and, and the areas where things aren't flowing. And only a touch of me will put the healing anointing in the spot to bring you in. For many of you have been in your prayer chambers and have not experienced what I have desired for you, says the Spirit of God. Oh, do I long for you so much to come in. Oh, do I long so much to lift you up. Oh, do I long so much to bring you close. Oh, do I long so much. But it's your hunger that leads me to come close. It's your desire that leads me to come into the areas that you've been crying out for me to come into. Oh, yes, I want to come into your marriage. Oh, yes, I want to come into your kids' areas where they walk. Oh, yes, I want to heal them and restore them. Oh, yes, I want to put joy unspeakable and full of glory. But there's things that I will do for you as you come into the fullness of my rest, come into the fullness of my presence, for there will you find the supernatural peace as you see me come in to those dark areas and bring my wonderful life, says the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Joel, speak forth your tongue, brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead, my brother. Does prayer really work? Is there really power in communion with me, saith the Lord? Many question this. Many just passively use the phrase prayer to just kind of just kind of skirt through life, not realizing that their power is in communion with me. For many will try to work in the flesh and do things in their own effort and through their own strength, and they are finding that that is failing them. What was once successful, what was once moving them forward is now being a liability, saith God. But if you will put your focus upon me, saith the Lord, if you will stir yourself up in regards to me and begin to focus on my face and on my presence and on my uh, power, you will begin to see that invigoration shall fill your very soul and your very life. And where you were once weary, you will experience great strength, saith the Lord. For it is my presence that strengthens and charges you. It is my presence that causes you to rise up and overcome. It is my presence that will cause you to go over your high places and take ground that you have been unable to take in your own strength, saith the Lord. My church does not focus on the right things. My church focuses on outward works. But there must first be an inner working, saith the Lord, an inner working that you must work out into the physical world. And then you will see that your service and your, and your industry will be with great ease, saith the Lord, for my burden is light. My yoke is easy. You should be experiencing a fluid and a Wonderful pace of grace in your life, saith the Lord, as you work and operate from the place of my presence, saith God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can someone testify of the secret place? Anybody testify of the secret place? Amen. Dora, testify to us right now, the secret place, right there. Just tell us about it. Tell us about something. Now, don't take the whole service either, but uh, tell us about it. Amen? Come on. The Lord just said. Mm. 
Amen. Johnny, testify about the word in your life. Testify. Sounds like it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You've got to stir yourself up. You've got to stir yourself up. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Pro praise God. Testimony. Praise God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Let's stay and remain in this place of prayer. And as we begin to share a few things tonight. But uh, in Psalm 91, in verse number one, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, one thing that we've shared with you is that this is a psalm that is widely known to be written by Moses. Moses had an experience with God that I believe that many believers have not had that experience with. And he wasn't even born again. So what I'm desirous to challenge you tonight with just a few words and then we're just going to, you know, try to operate and get, to, you know, that awareness of the secret place and stay there, amen, and, uh, and operate from that place. As I show you what happened to Moses, I, I don't think that what happened to Moses should be exclusive to Moses. I believe that a child of God who is filled with the Holy Spirit should have a better experience than that of someone who is not alive unto God. Amen? We have been given through Jesus Christ the wonderful opportunity to pierce the veil and to go into places that were not allowed in previous generations. And thank God 
But, but many, and this is what I sense, many want to stay on the other side. They want to stay on the other side. They want to operate in an Old Testament way of God. And they want to stay outside and feel like their entire life is about trying to push into the presence. When we are to work from the presence, we're not trying to push into the presence. The presence has come and filled us up. And we've received of the fullness of of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So with that, I want us to turn uh, to uh, uh, Exodus, Exodus chapter 33, Exodus chapter 33. And we've all know this story right here. And we're going to be talking about understanding uh, the secret place and what the secret place is, what does it look like, uh, what are the things that we are to look for when we are pursuing the secret place? Because there's counterfeits. We know that the secret world is a counterfeit. Um, and, but the secret place is a place that is easily identifiable uh, if we'll use the Scripture to give us the, the basis and give us the framework. So this is the story in which um, you see the... Um, the people have rebelled against God, and God is very, very upset with them, so much so that he's willing to just eliminate all of them and start over with Moses. And if it would have been anybody else, they probably would have said, go right ahead. But Moses was meek, and he talked to God face to face, and he began to intercede for the people. And that's what a pastor does. That's what a leader does, intercede for the people. Uh, when they're the most obstinate, when they're, you know, the most, um, you know, headstrong, that he intercedes for the people. And I want to look at verse number 14. He's talking to Moses, and he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, If, you are, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. So he's talking with the Lord, and the Lord says, I'm, I'm not going to go with you. And Moses says, well, who's going to go with us? And God, and he begins to minister and, and, and talk to the Lord. Now, here's something about the secret place that you've got to understand. The secret place is a place where conversations go very deep because Moses is talking to God in a way that would seem almost disrespectful. Okay? Because he's saying, well, Lord, if you eliminate these people, then Pharaoh and the enemies that tried to kill these people are going to say, you couldn't handle your own people. Now, that's pretty bold talk between a person and God. Amen? But this secret place, and this is what you've got to understand, this secret place is such a place of intimacy that it deep exchanges like this can happen in that secret place. Amen? I remember, uh, you know, we used to, in, in, in the, uh, the old days, we taught about prayer and taught about different things about prayer and and basically outlined certain, you know, rules concerning prayer. 
And there are rules that we need to follow by. You can't just take all prayer and put it in one bag and shake it. And, you know, there are rules that go with different types of praying, especially the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is not a prayer that you pray over and over again. A petition prayer may be so, an intercession prayer may be so, but not a prayer of faith. The prayer of faith believes, receives, and then thanks God for the answer. And that's it, that you're done. You're not asking again. You're not, you know, you've released your faith. You've believed you received. And therefore, you just thank God for the answer, okay, for the solution. But there's also, you know, other forms of petition prayer that Jesus alluded to. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. Ask and keep on asking. There, there is a form of prayer that is like that, especially when it comes to intercession with your family members. You got to keep knocking. You got to keep asking. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't use the prayer of faith to help my sons. Their faith has to receive from God. I can't receive for them. So what do I do? I keep on asking, Lord, open their eyes. Lord, help them to see. Lord, send things across their path where they can get revelation. Lord, and I keep on doing it. I do it all the time. And that is a form of prayer, okay? So when we get to a place of prayer, sometimes I would find myself, and I don't know if you found yourself doing this, but I would get in discussions with the Lord, and I didn't know how to say something. And I'm not talking about gearing over into tongues. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, am I violating, you know, a respectful discourse? Am I being um, not honoring to the Lord by bringing out my frustration? Hello. Because sometimes you get frustrated. You know, we read about Asaph, you know, last Sunday. And Asaph was just clear, man. These guys are fat and sassy, and I'm over here starving. And I serve you, and they don't serve you. Well, he's talking at a whole nother level. Where's he talking from? He's talking from the secret place. You're going to have to understand that. That, that, that. That when you get into the secret place in the super intimacy with the Lord that we're talking about, conversations go to a whole nother level. There's, there's a lack of formality. Okay? It doesn't mean that, you know, we don't be honorable and respectful and, and fear the Lord. It just means, and, and see, the Lord had to teach me this. I was praying out uh, at the camp and I'd go there every morning and I'd begin to pray and I'd pray in the spirit and make my confessions. And then I'd, I'd be talking to him about uh, certain things. And uh, I would catch myself, you know. You know, there's sometimes when you're talking to your parents and you're, you know, you're kind of, and then you catch yourself. You say, oh, well, I don't need to be saying that, you know, to my parents. So I would catch myself. It was what was in me. It was what was trying to flow out of me. But I would catch myself because in my mind, there were certain rules and protocols that I was violating. And the Lord stopped me. And he said this. He said, when you come into my presence and we're talking father to son, nothing is off limits. Yeah. 
You got to get a hold of that. You got to get a hold of that. So I began to realize that I could share my frustrations without compromising my faith. I could share my pain without compromising my belief that God is able to heal me. I could share my fears without feeling that I was compromising my faith walk. He told me this. He said, when you come, you see, to uh, the tower, the strong tower, when you come into the strong tower, he said, nothing's off limits. You share your fears. You share your, this is helping somebody, I know. You share your fears. You share your concerns. You share what you're going through. But when you walk out, you walk out as those things never existed. Amen. Amen. So that means this, that I need to be more in the secret place than I do out doing the work. That I should be more in tune with God than working for God and doing the works of God. You know, I remember something that I believe it was... um, Martin Luther, he would say this, uh, not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, the great reformer, okay? Uh, He said this, he said, I have a busy day today. I must pray another hour. See, he understood the importance. Man, that was a bubble there. All right, man, I'm blowing bubbles up here. Might have been an angel. I don't know what it was, but it it flew out of my mouth. (laughs) See, the secret place, remember the Bible says redeeming the time for the days are evil? Redeeming the time in in Ephesians chapter 5, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Time in the secret place redeems all time. Time in the secret place redeems all time. So any t- the more I spend in the secret place, the more I'm able to operate in the time that I have because I've given the tithe of the time, and the tithe of the time redeems all the time. So if I, if I, if I make Jesus the focal point, if I make him the focus in my prayer life, then I'm able to walk out and redeem time in my life. Amen? We've got it backwards. We think that prayer is something we just throw in when we have time. Oh, I don't have a lot of time. Well, I'm going to try to get some time in this week. Well, we've got it backwards, see? We've got it backwards. We first have got to get with the Lord, and then our schedule must come from that. Do you understand that? And so when he talks about his presence will go with, a, with, with Moses, Moses says, if your presence doesn't come, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. 
And that is where we need to be. Now, I'm not saying that we have to beg God for his presence. That is not New Testament. We have the presence of God because we are the temple of God. So God dwells and abides with us. Amen? But we must walk out with the awareness of the presence of God. Okay? Now I'm going to show you something pretty interesting here in just a moment. If you drop down, uh, you can see that Moses... Um, well, let's, let's look at this scripture. It says here, it says, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Notice that that word is shalom. Okay. That is not, you know, shalom is rest. It's peace. It's health. It's healing. It's wholeness. He says, my presence will bring shalom to you. It will bring rest, healing, and wholeness to your life. Amen. So the, uh, Let's, let's, let's say, what, say what it is. If we're not experiencing rest, if we are not experiencing peace, if we are not experiencing joy, if we are not experiencing restoration, then we're not in the presence. And we're not operating from the place of that presence. Even though the presence is with us all the time, if we do not walk in life with an awareness of that presence and an understanding that we have a well of salvation to tap into in any situation, then we can operate and run dry, if you know what I mean. And you can run real dry in life to where it feels like there's no flow whatsoever in your life, there's no rhythm, and there's no momentum in your life. And it's because we're not operating from the place of the presence. Amen? But Moses says, if I have found favor in your sight. Now notice that favor is a part of the presence of God. If you want more favor in your life, cultivate the presence of God in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. But then he goes on and he says, if I found favor in your life, he says, show me your kabod. Show me your glory. Okay? He says this down in verse number 16. Please, show me your kabod. And he said, uh, and then, of course, God answered him. But I want you to look at two things here. I want you to look at the word presence, and I want you to look at the word glory. And they're two different things. They're two different things. They're not the same. People will say, well, I saw the glory of God. And what they mean is I saw the presence of the Lord in the service. Okay? But it's two very different things. Okay? So we need to understand that when it comes to the, um, the uh, presence of God, it is the Hebrew word panahim. Panahim or panai. Now, it should be panai, but it is Panahim. I am at the end of a Hebrew letter is always plural. God is an Elohim. That means he is three persons in one. It's a plurality. Elohai is the singular version. 
but he is known as Elohim because Moses had a revelation of the triunity of God. Okay? But when it comes to Panahim, which it should be, if we were going by the proper English vernacular, it would be my Panai, my face, my face shall go before you. And that is what the presence of the Lord is. It's the face of God. But it's not Panai. It's Panahim, which means my faces. Oh, get a hold of that. My faces shall go before you. It's not just one face. It's my faces. And so what is he revealing? My characteristics, my acts, and my faces are towards you. And we begin to study at the start of, of the 91st Psalm how that the, uh, Moses begins to talk about God in his various names. He starts off with El Elyon. Then he goes to El Shaddai. And then he goes to Yahweh. And Yahweh begins to get very, very personal because Yahweh is the personal name of God. El Elyon is the most powerful, most high God. And then we have El Shaddai, which is about the provisional aspect of God, that God wants to provide for his people. And then we get into Yahweh, and it is the, the God who formed us from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of lives on the in, inside of us. The God that pierced, uh, was pierced on the cross for us. The God that talks to us and delivers us and intercedes for us at the right hand of God the Father. I'm telling you that Yahweh is Yeshua Jesus. Yes. Amen? Amen? But then we start getting into the covenant names of God. Where we begin to get into what is known as Yehovah covenant names. And this is a, a, a variation of Yahweh. It's just a, it's just a, um, um, a variation of Yahweh, Yehovah. And we begin to see him revealing himself, his faces. Okay? Now, the difference between the presence and the glory is the presence has to do with his face towards us and it has to do with his acts towards us, his disposition. The glory has to do with his character and his ways. Do you remember Psalm 103? It says, he made known his acts to the children of Israel. He showed his faces in their various, you know, deliverance. But he made known his ways unto Moses. So Moses wasn't just in operation with the presence and, and acclimated with the faces of God. He was also in a more intimate level of glory where God wants us to come into. Amen? So when we cultivate the presence of the Lord... We cultivate it through the Word of God and through the revelation of His names in Scripture. Amen. When we begin to understand Jehovah Rapha, 
the Lord my physician, the Lord my health, it opens up an awareness and a revelation of God's disposition towards my physical body. Then we get into Jehovah, you know, um, Tiskindu, and Jehovah Shama, and Jehovah Rohi, and Jehovah Ra, and all of these different things, they're the faces of God. And as we begin to peer into these faces, we're changed and transformed into those images. Okay? So it's basically when I'm abiding in the presence of the Most High, I'm fixating my gaze. I'm not distracted by the things of the world. I'm not distracted by the situations that are around my life. I focus on the faces of God, the panahim of God, the presence of God. But as I begin to go deeper, I begin to not only understand the revelation of those faces, but God, oh my goodness, God begins to teach me how to execute that stuff in my own life. He begins to let me in on the secrets. Moses knew some secrets. And you can too. You can too. How many have been praying this? This is what I've been praying. Lord, I want to go deeper, but I don't know how. That's what I've been praying. Lord, I want to go deeper, but I don't know how. That's what I've been saying. Show me, you know, show me what I need to do. You know, that, that's what we need to be praying, especially in this day and age, especially in what's going on. Lord, I want to go deeper. I just don't, I, you know, my ability and my revelation level is at a certain place where I have, I need to go to another place. I need to step over into another place in him. You know, I'm not going to eat yesterday's manna. I want fresh manna. I want fresh. Amen? And it's important for us to continue to strive and have a desire. God is big enough to keep you busy. But so many people are so satisfied with their small portion. Because I'm telling you, a small portion of God, is, is it'll meet your needs. But God invites us to swim in his depths and to walk, not just to know him, but to walk in his ways. To be an imitator of him on earth. That means we understand his desires. We we understand how this works. We're not praying selfish prayers like, pay my bills and help me get that new car. We're saying, Lord, show me what you put me on earth for. Show me strategies on how to make that happen. What has been written in my book beforehand? Lord, reveal it to me. I'm desperate for you. Help me become what you created me to be. And what unlocks that, what unlocks that potential within Leela 
Is, is not Leela getting more and more knowledge of what she's called to do? It's more and more knowledge of him. The more I know him, the more it unlocks him in my life. Because, see, the design of God is himself operating within the believer. So it's his gifts. It's his anointing. It's not mine. So the only way I'm going to be able to release that is not necessarily by trying to find the best version of me, but to find Jesus. When I see Jesus in a new way, it opens up a new door. Is this making sense? Well, this is what happened to Moses. He said, I want to see your glory. And the Lord says, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name. Now, this is very interesting. Notice that. He said, I'm going to show you my glory by declaring my name. And most theologians will tell you and rabbis will tell you that when God did this, he did his long name. Okay? You know, we all have a short name. We got Greg, but then my mama would call me Gregory Vincent Hurd. Long name. Well, God also has a long name, and he proclaims this name. Okay? So here's where Psalm 91 came from. This instance right here in which Moses was instructed by God to go in the cleft of the rock to be protected, to not look upon his face because you cannot look upon God's face and live, but that God was going to reveal his name that began to reveal his presence that began to show forth his glory. And he took his hand and he put it over Moses protecting him and he walks by Moses. He walks by Moses. And notice what he says. Look at uh, chapter 34 and verse number 6. It says, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord. Uh, he has to put two there. The Lord, the Lord. Do you think he's trying to make an emphasis about something there? The Lord, the Lord. A God merciful. Oh, my goodness gracious. What's he showing you? He's showing you his glory. He could have said a God fierce and angry. He could have said a God powerful and awesome. But he chose to use the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious. This is the long name of God. Is this making sense? A God that is merciful, a God that is gracious. And look what's next. Slow to anger. 
How many have been duped by the devil in believing that God is quick to anger? But he has a long fuse. We equate his anger with ours. He is inter- he's showing you his kabod, the weightiness of who he is, his ways, through his declaration and proclamation of who he is. And I am convinced that if we will get acquainted with the long name of God and proclaim the long name of God through the work of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, his glory will begin to be automatic in our services, in our meetings, in our daily life, because we'll be representing him accurately. The problem is we're not representing him accurately. We don't even know his Panahim. We're not acquainted with all of the covenant names of God. We're not acquainted with all these things. We haven't got revelation. Now, that's not what I'm saying, that you haven't learned them or you ha- don't know what they are. It's you haven't had revelation. They haven't. They, they're not just to be before you. They're supposed to become a mirror. Because the only way I can transform is if I see these things for what they really are. And I see what God has done in me. That Jehovah Yahweh lives on the inside of me. So that means Rapha's there. That means Tiskindu is there. That means Shama is there. See, when I realize that, that I'm one with him... So everything he is, is in me. I am not God, but God lives on the inside of me. Amen. Hallelujah. Then he goes on to this. And abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. I tell you, that's a long name of God. Is that the God that's being preached? I'm sorry to say no. No. But notice this, and, and, we, and a lot of people like to focus on this, but he says, I keep steadfast love for thousands. He says, I love thousands of generations. He loves them. But notice what he says. He says, I forgive iniquity and I forgive transgression and I forgive sin. God forgives iniquity even in the Old Testament. He forgives iniquity, he forgives transgression, and he forgives sin. Are you glad for the forgiveness of God? I'm glad for the forgiveness of God. It's the forgiveness of God that's given us everything that we have. We would have nothing without the forgiveness of God. Amen? So he forgives. Amen? And he says, Who will by no means clear the guilty? Okay, that's where people get in the downer. 
But I'm here to tell you, he says, I love all generations. So God loves everyone. But, and he will forgive iniquity, transgression, and sin. But he will not clear those that continue to stay in iniquity, transgression, and sin. If they continue to do that and reject God's graciousness and his long name, then he says, because I'm just, because I'm holy, because I'm righteous, I will no means clear them. Okay? All right? And he says, I will visit the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and to the fourth generation. Okay? So, you know, he, he, he declares, I think it's um, the King James Version that says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have, uh, I'll be gracious to whom I will be gracious. He's basically saying, I'm a big enough God to do whatever I want. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But through Jesus, he has given this long name to all of us. But for him to be truly God, he can't just offer all of these things without first being just. And so he says, I will by no means clear the, the guilty. I won't clear the guilty just based upon the fact that the way they want to be cleared. He says, I'll forgive them. I'll forgive them, and I love all of them. But I'm a just and holy God. See, he's showing you his kabod. Remember uh, the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. Behold the goodness and the severity of God. See, that, that's, that's, that's a reference to this right here. The goodness far outweighs the severity in this because, you know, you've got graciousness, you've got mercifulness, you've got slow to anger, you've got abounding and steadfast love. I mean, my goodness, you, and faithfulness, you just get those right there. My goodness, you've got the best wish list you could ever have. But then he goes on and he says, listen, I won't, I won't clear the guilty. They continue in their sin and they're stiff-necked, then Hello. It's important that we understand this. So it's his glory. He pronounces his glory and he begins to talk about visiting the iniquity and transgressions and sins of families up until the fourth generation. And so he, he begins to de, uh, declare that he will work and operate uh, within families. And that whether someone receives or someone rejects, that there is an operation that's going to go on in that family's life. But there's always going to be forgiveness, mercy, grace, and there's always going to be steadfast love. A person can break a generational curse in their life by believing upon this name right here. You might have had something in your family for generations and generations. One person can break that power by calling upon the name of Yahweh. Amen? 
Because he says it's available. But does everybody take advantage of it? No. Is that God's fault? You know, it's like I said the other day. I said, you know, if you're drowning in a big sea with waves that are just almost ready to take you down and someone throws you a life preserver and you say, well, I wanted a green one. That's the way a lot of people do. Well, I don't want to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I want another way. I want Buddha. I want Islam. There's got to be some other way, something that appeals to my hubris and puts me in the driver's seat instead of just coming humbly before the Lord and just receiving his free gift because that's what it is. It's just humble. You just humble yourself. And you say, man, I'm just going to receive what God has already done. I'm going to stop trying to do something. I'm going to stop trying to get acceptance. And I'm going to receive the acceptance of God that has already been afforded to me. So many people are looking for acceptance. Acceptance has already happened. It happened when Jesus said it is finished. And that uh, the... The veil was rent, and God's presence was open to all who would come. That acceptance is there. Amen? Amen. And people that wrestle, and I find people that wrestle with acceptance in the body of Christ, and it's because we're not staying in the secret place. We're not staying in the presence of the Lord. Now, does that mean that we quit our jobs and we go and get a prayer closet and we stay in there all day long? No, you can abide in the secret place and work and be industrious. You can abide in the secret place and raise a family. You can abide in the secret place and do the normal responsibilities that a human being has to do on planet Earth. Jesus exemplified this. Jesus is an example of us. He put God first. He made sure he had relationship with God. The Bible shows us his um, way of life, his manner of life. He would pray in the morning. Hello. He would get up and he would give the first of his day to the Father. And sometimes he would even pray all night into the morning. He prepared himself to operate in heavenly realities by continuing to stay connected. It's not that you lose connection when you don't pray. It's that your awareness and receptivity is not there when you don't pray. It's not like, oh, I didn't pray, so the Holy Spirit flew off and is going to go work on with someone else that did. There's a lot of people that think that. Well, man, I didn't pray, and so the Holy Ghost, he's probably not even here. You know, he said, be back in an hour. You know, he just, I mean, people think that. And when you miss it, they think the Holy Ghost just flies off and you got to beg him to come back. Hello? 
come by, swing by, you know, come, you know, these, these, these songs. I was listening to a song. Lord wanted me to listen to worship music, and, and I listened to one, and, and some of, I'm just telling you, some of the lyrics are just absolutely horrible. I mean, I am telling you, I'm telling you, don't leave, Lord. What? That's not even biblical. Don't leave me, Lord. Don't leave me, Lord. Keep your hand on me, Lord. This is not good stuff to be singing. This builds up sin consciousness in your mind to where you begin to not doubt the presence of the Lord in your life. And the presence of the Lord does not move just because you had a bad day. We think the Holy Spirit is like some, one of, you know, some of our spouses we used to have. <laughs> that every time we got in a fight, they pack their stuff up and they, they're going to the bus station. Wow. <laughs> Hello. And they think that that's the way the Holy Spirit responds. No, the Holy Spirit's there. Can we grieve the Holy Spirit? Yes, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't mean he leaves. See, generally, when we think about someone grieving, they, they usually run out of the room, you know. Oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. Ah, run out of the room. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's a separation of presence of that person. Well, people think that that happens with the Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit's a, kind of bigger than that. He can handle a lot. I mean, he only created the universe, so, I mean, he's pretty, pretty stout, okay? But what does it mean? It means that when I continue to operate in that grieving, I am not receptive. And sometimes there's a silence in our walk with the Lord that's based upon actions and activities that have grieved the Spirit of God. And what we need to do is just say, Father God, forgive me, I... Hello. Amen. I remember the first time that I grieved the Holy Spirit. This is the first well, as a believer. I remember the first time I grieved the Holy Spirit. Because some of you will know what I mean. But I was jabber jawing with somebody. This is real way back. And I was just, you know, I was quite loquacious and just kind of had diarrhea of the mouth and uh, and just and I just said some things that you know, weren't necessarily bad, but they came from a wrong place. And I remember feeling this overwhelming sense that, man, I crossed the line here. Now, nobody else knew it. Nobody that I was talking to knew it. But I just was like, Oh my, it's like I said something in front of somebody that I shouldn't have said and and I'm can we know what I'm talking about? You just kind of and so within yourself you're going, what did I do? And what and of course the Holy Spirit is gracious enough to bring that to your remembrance and then you just deal with it. And how I dealt with it is I dealt with it first inside and then the person I was talking to, I said Listen, I shouldn't have said that. That was out of out of line and improper. I want you to ask you to ask you to forgive me. And 
you see it? Restoration of fellowship was restored. That quick. That quick. It wasn't some long out penance where I had to beat myself and, oh my gosh, you know. I just made an adjustment. I repented. I said, you know what? Forgive me of this. And praise God, the connection was still there. That's how you stay in the secret place. You know, when we all get down to it, practically the secret place is just walking in the reality of your relationship with the Holy Spirit within you. That's really what it is. It's just, it's just aware that you're not alone, aware that there is the creator of the universe living on the inside of you that is interested in every aspect of your life. And if you'll allow him, you know, one of his, one of his um, names for parakaleo or parakletos is standby. You know, he just stands by. He's ready to go. You just gotta, you just gotta release the words of faith that will release his activity. Remember, God looked upon the the chaotic earth, and it says, "And he spoke, and the Holy Spirit moved." And that's the same way that he operates in our life today. He's a standby. He only confirms the word. He only does the word. He doesn't do my word or my desires or my wishes. He doesn't do any of that, but he'll do the word. And so when your body is in chaos and it looks like all hope is lost, you can speak forth in the name of Jesus, be healed by his stripes and the Holy Ghost is on the scene. Amen. Hallelujah. I've run out of time. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Did you get anything out of that? Amen. Amen. See, we've got to cultivate the presence of the Lord in our daily life. We've got to make sure that we keep our focus on things above and not on things on the earth. That's that's, That's where we're missing it is we're focusing too much on the things. If you stop regarding uh, things in the earth as the priority and begin to make the things of God the priority, you'll begin to see the scales begin to tip in the favor of you walking in a more spiritual awareness and consciousness. Okay? Um, You are a spirit creation, and we're trying to live life based upon just our flesh and our intellect and trying to think things through and trying to figure things out and trying to wrestle things physically. But the secret place tells us that if we'll sit, if we'll sit, that means stay in a submitted position under God in his secret place that we'll be able to see know, understand, perceive, and enjoy the deeper things of God. And that's where he wants to take us. And I'm not sure that what I'm saying completely here is understood by everybody. I believe that it, it, you know, it, it's spiritually discerned. And we've got to grab a hold of it. Those that have ears to hear will hear. Those that don't will not. 
But one thing that always fascinated me about Jesus and the transfiguration where he was transfigured before uh, the three of the disciples is that, you know, Jesus' prayer life was something in which he, he pierced into the supernatural. He was, he was not just operating by the natural devotion of prayer. So the miraculous happened in his life because he operated from the realm of heaven. Remember, he said that in John chapter 3. He said, no man has ascended to heaven except for the Son of Man who came from heaven and is in heaven presently. But yet he was physically on earth, but he operated from a higher place. That's what we are. We are lightning rods of the glory and the presence of God. The faces of God dwell within the church. His kabod is upon the church. And it's, it, the reason why it's not being released is because we have gotten so religiously minded that we don't know that we are vessels and carriers of this presence and of this uh, anointing that we're just, we're, we're fooled into thinking that we're striving to get something that we already have personally. And the enemy wants to get you in that hamster wheel where majority of your Christian life until you die is trying to get the things that you already possess, that you already have within you. Because when he does that, he ensures that you will never release because you can't release what you do not believe you have. If you do not believe you have the presence of God, you can't release the presence of God in someone's life. If you are not a carrier of the glory of God and you do not believe that, you can't release that glory in people's lives. If you don't believe the healing anointings on the inside of you, when you lay hands on the sick, it'll just be like wishing upon a star. I'm here to tell you, friends, you have the glory of God living on the inside of you. It's time to release that. The character and nature and God's ways are available to the believer. Jesus said that the secrets of the kingdom are for the children, but it is for children, not for people who think they know it all, not for people that think they know everything, but it's for children that open themselves up and say, I need to learn. Amen. And that's what we need to do right now. We need to reach out and say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we are children and we reach out to know and understand you and to understand your concepts. We don't know everything. We need your help. We need your assistance. We're dependent on you. Reveal to us your secrets. Show us your ways. Help us to walk in your standard and in your way of life, Father. In the name of Jesus. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, say amen. Amen. You're going to begin to see it. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. There'll be people going to work tomorrow, and the glory of God's on them, and people will know it. They won't see anything physical, but they'll realize it. Something's different about you. Moses came down, 
And the actual Hebrew says that rays came out of his face. Rays came out of his face. Well, praise God, there's rays coming out of your face. Because the glory, you think that the glory that's in you is less than the glory that was upon Moses? I'm here to tell you, you're a clean vessel made clean by the blood of Jesus. It's a more purer flow. Amen? Stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. Stir it. Stop stirring the pot of strife and start stirring yourself up on the inside. Hallelujah. Get those wells of salvation bubbling up. Get them bubbling up. Clean them out of all the debris, of all the offense and all the junk and all the turmoil and all the you know, stuff and things that you've thrown in there, trash. Get it out. Let it bubble forth. Let the presence of the Lord begin to overtake your existence and your life. Amen? <coughs> You'll begin to see life differently. Hello? Hello? Yes. You guys just sitting there watching me get my well clean. You need to get yours. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. Yes. Glory to God. With joy. With joy. With joy. With joy, with joy, with joy, will we draw waters out of the wells of salvation? With joy, 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 with joy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Stop looking for strength outside of yourself. Stop looking for strength outside of yourself. The strength of God is on the inside of you. God strengthens you by His Spirit in your spirit. That's how strength comes to you. Hallelujah. The reason why you're losing the fight is you're looking for someone to give you strength. You're looking for someone to give you strength. But you need to realize that all the strength that you need is on the inside and that strength comes from the Lord. The Lord is the strength of my heart and my portion forever, the psalmist said. 
The Lord says, I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Glory to God. Glory to God. People are trying to wrestle with reason when they need to be tapping into wisdom. They're wrestling with reason in their mind when God has a well of wisdom on the inside of them. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and who does not abrade or make fun of them, but gives to all. Amen? But it says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Amen? Some of you need to tap into that wisdom. Jesus has been made unto us, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, been made unto us wisdom, sanctification. He is our everything. Tap into him. Tap into him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 There are things that your husband used to take care of. Things that you're finding yourself perplexed by. Things that you're saying, how in the world am I going to be able to figure this out? But the Lord is saying to you that I am your wisdom and I will give you insight and I will bring people across your path that will help you, that you can trust and that you can rely on. But begin to look to me, saith God, and let me fill the gaps that have been lost by the passing of your precious husband. Know that I can be your husband in this time and that you are never alone, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good. 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 Sam, the Lord wants to encourage you tonight. And he wants you to know that he has never changed his mind about you and about the call that is on your life. And that it may seem that people aren't responding to what you're putting out there, but know that it is ordained of God, and know that the people will come because it is pure information from the throne of heaven, and he is going to continue to advance and increase your influence. There's been a disappointment in your life, and especially in regards to ministry, a disappointment in ministry. And this disappointment has caused you to feel a lack of confidence in who you are and in what you are to bring. But know this, that the kingdom of heaven has not changed one bit in regards to you and your calling. And that God has already stamped 
his seal of approval, regardless of what man may say, regardless of what situations may say, you are his man with his words, and you shall rise up and do his work, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. A viper, a viper, a viper was released in your home. A viper was released in your home. But yea, through the power of the Lord and through his word, you have crushed its face. You have crushed its face. You have crushed its face. You have stomped upon it. And it is no more, saith the Lord. And you will begin to see the sweetness of the relationship begin to blossom and bloom. And you're already seeing that now as I am beginning to move upon your daughter's life. And she shall begin to rise up and be a mighty voice. A mighty voice. A mighty voice. A mighty voice. Because the serpent has been destroyed. The serpent has been destroyed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Mm. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. There's such potential right here, sitting in these seats right here. There's the potential of the future of the kingdom of God sitting right here. Sitting right here. Hallelujah. 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 Step out. Step out. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's been apprehension. There's been a lack of confidence. There's been trying to, you know, be concerned about stepping too far, getting too involved, but the Lord wants you to rise up. He's got some things that need to be unlocked. They need to be unlocked. And it's going to be the level of your consecration that's going to unlock those things. As you begin to move forward and begin to do things and stretch into areas that you are uncomfortable with, you'll begin to see a deeper, a, a different viewpoint of Jesus. And that new revelation of Jesus is going to set you aflame. It's going to set you aflame, and it's going to cause others to be set aflame too. Hallelujah. 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 Don't lose sight of the goal. Don't let domestic uh, bliss Get away from the passion and the fervor that the Lord has on the inside of you. Begin to burn for the lost as you did before. Begin to burn for those who are needing healing and health and deliverance. For you are a firebrand of God that will bring deliverance to people's lives. 
You'll begin to speak all over the world. God will use you in a magnificent, powerful way. But you must make decisions now to not allow domestic uh, you know, minutia to keep you from the call of God, keep you from pursuing the plan of God. Make it, make a statement now. I will follow you. I will do what you say at all costs. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. And you'll see it happen. You'll see it happen. You'll see it happen. You'll see it happen. See it happen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands and praise the Lord? Hallelujah. He's good. He's good. He's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just sense right now, I said, there's a supernatural dynasty that's going to come forth from this family right here. A supernatural dynasty. A dynasty of ministers. Hallelujah. A dynasty of ministers. And they're going to be so surprising. You're going to be so surprised. I just sense you're going to, you're going to look this time next year. You're going to be saying, how in the world did this happen? We've been praying for this for years. And everybody is serving the Lord. Every, I mean, there's going to be such uh, joy in your heart. And even those who are older than you, uncles and aunts, and even your father, and even your father will call upon Jesus in a deeper way and will begin to function in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That dynasty is coming in here. That dynasty is coming in here. Hallelujah. Restoration, restoration, what you've prayed for for years and years and years for all of the wonderful children and grandchildren is coming to pass. It's coming to pass. It's coming to pass. I am at work both to do my will and good pleasure in your family, but begin to seek my face. Don't let go of your grip. Continue to knock. Continue to ask. Continue to seek. And I will begin to unveil it more and more and more and more in generations and generations of your family that you are a matriarch of will begin to see the advancement of the kingdom in their life, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Missionaries will come from your line right now in the name of Jesus. And even the ones that act like they don't understand or they're just indifferent to it, I'm at work in them. Don't let them fool you. Don't let their faces fool you. Know that I am speaking to their hearts because eternity is in their heart and they are going to see me in full glory and it's going to transform their life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are we getting bored? Are we getting bored and need to go home? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm. Francine, it's not a time to sit. It's not a time to sit. It's not a time to knit. It's not a time to shrink back. It's a time to step forth and begin to release what I've put within you, saith the Lord. Great things that I've put within you, that were un so far unable to be expressed. Now I'm calling them forth 
So don't be afraid. Step forward and step out. Realize that it will take time to find your line. But once you do, you'll begin to feel a fulfillment that you've never felt before, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Never felt before. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Well, you don't know how to stop this. I, if I knew how to, I'd, I'd do it. Amen. Hallelujah. But the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't want to keep you too late. It's already 8.30. We went a little longer than, well, not really, but uh, I'm pretty bad. But praise the Lord. See, that's where the secret place takes us. That's where the secret place takes us. One word from God can change your life forever. Just change it in a New York minute. And that's what the secret place provides. The secret place provides that. Well, I never hear from God. Well, how long have you sat in the secret place? I mean, you know, most people aren't sitting there wanting to find God and in their circumstances and, then they're, you know, they're trying to find the Lord. No, just sit. Just sit. It's a place of humility. It's a place of submission. It's a place to say, you know what? I really want to be doing something else, but I need to sit because I know that this is the most important part of my life. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to let you go, but you can pray and seek the Lord. I think some of you need to seek the Lord. I, I, think, I think God's got some wisdom that he's going to put on you. Amen. I, I think you're going to get answers to some of your prayers tonight. There'll be people up here to pray with you if you want to pray. Uh, we've got this open. We've got the altars on the sides. You know what? Um, I'm not going to let cobwebs get on those altars. Amen. All right? Those altars need to be ginning and running hot. Amen? Amen. And uh, praise God. On Sunday morning, you want to get down there and you want to get on the altar, get on the altar. Amen? Amen? You know, our young people need to see people that know how to get on the altar. Amen? Amen. Come on now. I mean, my goodness gracious. That's not furniture, guys. It's, it's, it's not a bench. It's a, it's a place to lay out your heart before the Lord. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're dismissed before I get in trouble. Amen. Amen.